What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost Lifting Talk. Today, we're going to hop into another Q&A episode here shortly. But before we get into that, first and foremost, I hope that all of you guys had an amazing Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was actually a week ago from the day that you are listening to this, or at least the day that this episode is going to be released. So I hope you guys fully enjoyed yourselves. You had a great time with family. You were able to stuff yourselves with some turkey, with some stuffing, with some pie. I know I ate my fair share of pie. And the big um, underlying message that I use with all of the people that I'm currently working with inside of my own coaching service right now around Thanksgiving, and it'll be the same plan around Christmas, is the idea of realizing that one day of enjoyment or even one week or one weekend, whatever it may be, however much time you spent just enjoying yourself and not focusing so much on your training and nutrition, isn't going to ruin your long-term progress. The reality of the situation is it's just one week, and at the end of the day, it's not about being perfect all of the time right? It's just about being persistent over the long haul with your goals. And to be persistent and to not burn yourself out, you have to find that right balance. So if that means every now and again, you need to take a little bit of time off, you need to enjoy, you need to hit the brakes a little bit and focus on your family, focus on your time being, focus on your presence, whatever that may be. It's not the end of the world and it's not going to screw up your long-term progress. As long as you just commit and understand that I'm going to get back on track. And as long as you do get back on track, like this week, if you're back at it, if you're back in the gym, you're right back on track. You're good to go. That doesn't mean that you need to punish yourself with more cardio or you need to drop your calories extra low for the extra food that you ate or anything like that. It's just about getting back to it, remaining persistent, stop thinking that you have to be perfect, and just continuing down the journey. And as long as you do that, with time, you'll eventually find that right balance that works for you. You'll eventually find that right mental clarity for you that that keeps you going and just helps you find that overall balance with life so that you're not only worried about your fitness or else you're not all in on your food and thinking that you lost all your progress. There's this this right type of balance that we all need to find to make fitness work for us rather than to always just be stressed about it, which can lead to burnout in the long run. So hopefully this is something that maybe you needed to hear. If you're stressed out about your progress, if you're stressed out about the holidays, realize that the holidays only come around a couple times a year. If you get off track a little bit, it's not that big of a deal as long as you commit to get getting back on track. And with a good amount of the clients that I'm working with at the moment, we're actually coming out of deficits. Even though that the reason that they hired me and their sole goal is fat loss, we're coming out of deficits for, um, we started a lot of them the week before Thanksgiving. We started bringing calories back up to closer to a maintenance and we're just going to hang out there from Thanksgiving all the way till the end of Christmas and then hop back down into the deficit starting in January. Because first and foremost, staying in a deficit over the holidays can be hard. So instead of putting yourself, giving yourself unrealistic expectations of what you can stick to to make yourself feeling like you're failing, well, what if you just try to learn how to maintain the progress you've created throughout the rest of the year during the holiday season and you put your focus there? You put your focus on maintaining rather than creating more and more results just for this time being. And consequently, when you do that and you focus on maintaining what you've already created, it just ensures and helps you practice at 
never having to lose the weight or recreate the progress that you already have because you switch the goal from thinking, okay, I have to be on it, I have to be in this deficit, I have to be perfect with my calories to keep creating progress. Well, when you switch that to, okay, I'm just gonna maintain where I'm at right now, give myself a little bit more flexibility, that puts you in a position to where your metabolism is gonna be getting going stronger a little, your metabolism is gonna get a little bit stronger, you're going to put those over extra calories that you're eating to better use because you're gonna be training harder, you're going to have a sufficient amount of energy in your body, which you may be able to put on some muscles that as you go back into that deficit, you're going to look better as well. And then again, it just helps you create that balance so that you have a mental clarity as you go back into the deficit the first of the year and you're in a position to be able to hit it strong rather than yo-yoing up and down through the holidays where you're hoping that you can stay on track and make progress but if you just pull that back and switch the goal more to a maintenance goal rather than thinking that I have to be perfect with my, with my nutrition and if I'm not, well, then I'm failing, that puts you in a bad mindset. But if you just make the expectation, okay, I'm just going to focus on maintaining, I'm going to give myself a little bit more of that flexibility, then as the holidays come out, you're not feeling like you failed over the holidays, you're feeling more re- rejuvenated, remotivated, um, have more clarity so that we can just hit the ground running and go back into that deficit and start creating results like you were before. So that would be a big suggestion of mine for you. If, if you're stressed out about the holidays, if you're stressed about losing your progress, if you're stressed about not being able to make more progress, might be a good idea to hit the brakes a little bit and just focus on maintaining during this time of year, still getting in your strength sessions, not neglecting those by any means, putting the extra calories that you're going to be eating to good use to potentially be building some more muscle over time so that as you go back into that deficit, your metabolism stronger, you've built some lean muscle tissue so that as you continue to drop body fat, you're going to look better and your mind is just going to be in a whole lot better place for you to be able to go out and create the results that you want. So with that, that's all that I've got. That's just my little rant for you as we begin because I feel like that's a whole lot more realistic at the end of the day for most of us to stick to this time of the year instead of just thinking we have to be in that deficit and grinding as hard as possible. And that advice isn't going to be for everybody. Some people are going to be able to grind through this time just fine and it's not going to make a difference. I didn't take everybody that I'm working with out of deficits that are in them. I just took the people that I know we're going to do better mentally and physically by coming out of that deficit for this time of year to go back into it after the the holidays are over. But then there's those people that can grind through and they're they're totally fine. So it really just comes down to being aware enough of yourself, being aware enough of your expectations, of your tendencies and that type of thing to, to make sure that you're keeping your mental health in check first so that your physical health is forced to follow. So with that, let's hop into today's questions. Question number one, I'm really trying to build my glutes should I be doing pre-activation exercises before I actually work them? It's a good question. When it comes to pre-activation, all that we're really talking about here is the idea, let's say you're going to do hip thrusts and you're trying to build your glutes with the hip thrust, right? So let's say before you go do the hip thrusts, maybe you're going to do an exercise like some kickbacks or some glute bridges or some abductions or something like that that is going to help you fill your glutes before you go into the hip thrust. That that makes sense, right? That sounds like it's logical so that you can build up some mind-muscle connection to your glutes before you actually go into the movement. And this is something that you can do, but honestly, this isn't something that I necessarily program very often for very many people because the truth of the matter is when you go into your hip thrust, well, you should be, before you get into your working sets, let's say you're doing three, three to four sets of eight to 12 reps on the hip thrust. Well, before you go into that first set of eight to 12 reps, you should be 
acclimating up to your working set. So you should be pyramiding up with lighter weights. It's going to help you connect to those glutes anyway, so that as you get into your working set, you're going to be firing on all cylinders um, to have that good mind muscle connection. So let's say you're working um, like a hip thrust for 225 pounds for sets of eight to 12. What I'd recommend is starting out with is just the bar. So you just do the bar for eight to 12 reps, nice solid reps to be able to fill your glutes, get your glutes firing. And then from there, maybe you'll put on 135. You'll do the 135 for six to eight reps. Again, solid reps, work on your form, get those glutes firing. Then maybe you'd go to 185 pounds. Maybe you do this for three to five reps. Again, work on your form, get those glutes firing, build up your mind muscle connection. And then maybe you do another set for 205 pounds for another set of maybe one to three reps roughly to acclimate yourself up to that working set of 225. Just doing those um, accumulating sets to get you to your working sets should be enough to pre-activate your glutes to build up that mind-muscle connection so that they're firing on all cylinders instead of thinking that you need to do some isolation exercises beforehand just to get to a point where you can fill your glutes basically. So hopefully that makes sense. You should just be doing acclimation sets up to your working sets um, and those can act as your pre-activation exercises. So other than that, that would be my my two cents. You can do pre-activation exercises if you want to. Is it something that you have to do? Definitely not. What I would look at doing instead is like is priming your um, nervous system for the movement that you're about to go into. So let's say you're going to do a hip thrust. Well, what I would like to see you do maybe before that is all your mobility work first. Obviously, like get your hips opened up. If you need to do a bit of foam rolling to work on your lower back, different things like that, go ahead, get all of that mobility stuff done, and then do a couple explosive movements just to prime your that movement pattern so that you may be more explosive inside of that hip thrust and be able to use more weight. So what I would look at is maybe doing like two to three sets of broad jumps to where you jump as far out in front of you as you can, because as you do that, you're going to have to thrust forward like you're going to do inside of that hip thrust as well, which is just going to help work that movement pattern in an explosive way without getting anywhere close to failure just for like three to five reps for a few sets. Um, Just to prime yourself as you go into that hip thrust, you've already done some explosive work in that same movement pattern, which could directly correlate over to the hip thrust to where you may be a little bit stronger because you've already trained that explosive pattern before going into the movement. So that's something that you could look at. Like with the bench press, I'll do that as like a a medicine ball throw. If I'm doing squats, maybe I'll do some um, high jumps, some explosive jumps straight up into the air because that's training that same movement pattern. Again, with the bench press, if I'm doing a medicine ball throw to where I'm throwing a medicine ball into the ground as hard as I can, I'm training that horizontal plane um, like I'm going to train in that bench press just in an explosive movement pattern. If I'm doing an overhead press, maybe I'll throw a ball into the air as high as I can, like a wall ball, but you just chuck it as high into the air as you possibly can because then you're training that vertical movement pattern um, that's the same as the, the OHP, so you're getting some explosive movement in that pattern, which might directly correlate over to your actual training session in that big compound to be able to be stronger and use more weight or do more reps potentially. So that's what I would look at doing to prime your CNS, the explosive movement pattern before, rather than thinking that you need to do some pre-activation in terms of um, like doing a bunch of glute bridges or doing kickbacks or something like that. Just do some sort of explosive movement and then um, do some acclimation sets to get yourself up to your working weight and get into your sets. And you should be just fine and be able to feel those muscles that you're trying to target just as much if you were to go and do some activation sets or some activation exercises that could potentially just be wasting your time. All right, question number two, what is the goal of a reverse diet? 
Is it just to maintain your weight or is it possible to add lean muscle during the reverse or is that something that's not really possible? That's a really good question. And this is something that can get misconstrued sometimes, I think, as well. So the main goal of a, let's explain what a reverse diet is, I guess, first. So a a reverse is when you have been in a deficit, maybe you're, you're wanting to come back up to maintenance for a decent amount of time because you're wanting to take a diet break for a few months, or maybe you're just done with the deficit, you've reached the level of leanness that you want to be at, now it's time to come back up to maintenance and learn how to maintain that over the long term. So the reverse is just where you simply add calories back in to get up to your new maintenance, as well as um, to be able to potentially push your maintenance up a little bit higher than you would be able to if you were just to stop and not reverse and just come up to what your maintenance says it's supposed to be and just sit there. If you continue to try to slowly add calories, you could potentially adapt the metabolism up to be able to eat more food and still be able to maintain your weight. So just as you lose weight over time, the metabolism slowly adapts and your metabolism gets a little bit slower. So when we start to eat more food, you could potentially adapt that metabolism on the way back up to get it to where you can be eating more food and still maintaining where you're at. So that's what a reverse diet is. And that's basically what the goal of a reverse diet is. It's just to get you back up to maintenance without necessarily putting on any body fat so that you can get to maintenance to start sustaining your results and start to recover from that diet. Because what we know is when we go into a deficit over time is that um, your hormones are going to start to not perform as well, meaning you're going to get hungrier over time. Your energy levels are probably going to go up a little bit. Your sex might, your sex drive could potentially start to decrease a little bit. So we got to make sure that we don't stay chronically in that deficit forever because then all of those symptoms are going to get worse and worse and worse. We want to get back up to a maintenance to be able to recover from those symptoms while still sustaining the result that we created from that deficit. So that's where a reverse comes into play. And that's the goal. First and foremost, it's to recover from the diet. It's to get your hunger levels back to um, more normality, to take away any of that food focus that you might have built. It's to get your training going better um, to where you have more energy in the gym. So you're being able to lift more weight. You're able to get stronger, more efficiently, Um, that sort of thing. That's why we reverse and that's why we look to get back up to a maintenance. Your question about being able to build muscle through a reverse diet, probably not for the majority of people. For the majority of people, at least if you're more advanced into your training, and let's say you've been dieting for a decent amount of time, you lost some body weight, maybe you had a little bit of recomp through that time too, but what we know is that over time, if your body's not new to training anymore, more than likely you're gonna need to be in a bit of a surplus to be able to put muscle on at an efficient rate. So coming back up to maintenance is definitely gonna help. It's definitely gonna help with your training. You might be able to put on a little bit of muscle from doing that. But if you're wanting to optimize your muscle growth, you're going to want to get up to that maintenance. You're going to want to sustain your results. You're going to want to recover from the diet. And then you're going to want to potentially keep building up calories to get yourself into a slight, slight surplus so that you're in the most optimal position possible to be able to put on muscle because you're eating just a little bit more calories than what your body is burning. So you have an influx of energy so your body is able to put on more tissue um, if you're sending that response through your training by creating progressive overload over time, hitting the muscles frequently enough, um, and that sort of thing. So you can't necessarily put, you're not going to see a whole lot of muscle gain just from going through a reverse diet. What you will see though, most people end up looking better after they reverse diet and get back up to a maintenance than they did when they were in the actual deficit. And the reason for this is as you 
diet down longer and longer, you lose more and more glycogen in your muscles, which that's just the liquid part of your muscle that makes your muscles look big and look full, which actually is going to help you look, your skin look tighter on your body. So when you're in that deficit, you're not really full of glycogen that often. Like for example, over Thanksgiving, a decent amount of my clients ate a lot more food over Thanksgiving and they'd been dieting for a decent amount of time. After Thanksgiving, when they sent me their photos on Sunday, they looked a million times better after eating all of that food than they did when they were consistently in the deficit because their body was able to fill back out. Their water stores were able to fill back out. Their glycogen in their muscles was able to fill back out. So their muscles were a little bit denser, which meant that their skin was a little bit tighter. So they looked a little bit leaner. Um, their mood was better. Their stress was lower because they were out of that deficit and they were able to enjoy. So their bodies responded really well to their training and they were able to put a lot of emphasis into their training because obviously they had more calories in their system. So that's a couple of things to remember as when you're in the deficit, you're going to get flat. Your muscles are going to feel like they're shrinking and getting smaller. But a lot of times you're just flat because there's no liquid inside of your muscle um, to have it be full. But as you add calories back in, you get back up to a maintenance and your body can fill out. Well, now your muscles are going to fill out. Your skin's going to get a little bit tighter. You're actually going to look leaner eating at a maintenance level of calories than you're going to look when you're eating in a deficit of calories just because you're depleting yourself when you're doing that. When you bring food back in, you're able to fill yourself back out and see how lean you actually are with full muscle stores. So that's something to keep in mind. But if you want to then optimize putting on muscle, well, at that point, you're probably going to want to go into a slight, slight surplus to optimize muscle growth. And then from there, as you build muscle for a good amount of time, maybe you'll gain a little bit of fat during that process because that's something that we know as well. The longer you stay in a surplus, the more um, susceptible you are to a little bit of fat gain. That's just a part of the process. But what you can do now is after you've been in a deficit, you've learned how to maintain, you've gone into that surplus, you've put on a good amount of muscle as well as maybe put on a little bit of fat through that process as well. Well, now you're in 100% control because you have a lot of experience. Now you know that you can put yourself back into a deficit, drop any of that body fat that you might have put on through the surplus um, just to reveal that extra muscle tissue that you've gained. Then you can go back through another reverse, get back to maintenance, and now you can look even better than you did um, the first time that you went through that surplus and deficit phase because you've periodized your nutrition to put on muscle, get lean, get back to maintenance rather than just getting lean back to maintenance. Now you're just going to look how you, now you're just going to have the muscle that you already had. But if you take that time to go into the surplus, build more muscle and then go back through the deficit and back up to maintenance. Now your body's really going to be filled out. You're going to have more muscle and you're going to look better. And this is nutritional periodization 101, right? This is what I do the majority of the time. And this is what I do with most of my clients is so for example, for myself, like this next year, right now I'm sitting right around the maintenance through the holidays. As we go into um, the first part of this next year, I am probably going to go into a slight surplus. I'll sit in that surplus from around January to March or so. And then starting in April, I'll go back into a slight deficit. So during that surplus, January to March, I'll focus on building muscle. I might accumulate a little bit of fat during that process. So I won't be as lean as I am right now, gain a little bit of weight. And then, um, as we go into around April or so, I'll go through a slight deficit. So I'll sit in in a deficit from probably April, May, and potentially June. And then once I'm finished there and I've lost the weight that I want to, then I'll reverse back up to a maintenance to fill back out. And now I'll look better than I do right now because I put on some muscle. I went back through that deficit and I'll be a little bit leaner. And then I can just sustain that through the summer. And then I can repeat that process in the next year to continue building my body composition over time to continue seeing improvement. So making sure that you have a periodized plan like that is key number one. The biggest thing that I see with intermediate lifters, if 
if a if you're a beginner, you can get away with just going into a deficit, and you're going to be able to build some muscle, drop some body fat at the same time because your body's just not used to the stimulus. But over time, your body gets smarter; it doesn't necessarily want to build muscle. So you have to put yourself in a position to where your body isn't really given a choice to build muscle because you're supplying it with plenty of energy. You're overloading in the gym. You're getting enough protein. So um, your body's only response is to build muscle. But if you're in a deficit for too long, then your body's going to say, I'm not even focused on building muscle right now. I'm just trying to survive because you're making me lose all this body fat. So periodizing that out is super important. Again, if you're a beginner, you can recomp and you can get away with a bit of both at at the same time, build muscle and lose fat. But as you get more advanced, you have to start periodizing things like this to put more focus on building muscle, dropping fat, and maintaining throughout the year to set yourself up to optimize each of those goals one at a time to end up recomping over the long term and ending up with an improved body composition. All right. I feel like that was a long rant. <laughs> Let's finish this up with one more question for today. What is a good rest interval for hypertrophy and strength? I really like this question because I feel like a lot of people mess this up. I made a post just a few days ago talking about most people go into the gym wanting to burn as many calories as possible, sweat as much as possible, and feel like they worked out, right? That's a a common thing. We want to go to the gym and feel like we're giving a hard effort. But a lot of the times that comes at the consequence of having really short rest intervals in between our sets that we're doing, and when we don't rest as much, well, then our our muscles aren't as recovered between each set, meaning that we're going to accumulate less volume. So let's say you're doing a bench press for, for 225 pounds again. Say you do your first set of five reps, maybe you leave one or two reps left of the take. So maybe you could have got six or seven reps, but you, left, you stopped at five reps, meaning you hit around RPE eight or nine or so, which is um, what I advocate for most people and how a lot of my programming is built. Say you take one minute rest in between that set and you come back and let's say that you can only get three or four reps because you only rested for a minute or so. So you weren't fully recovered when you came back. You were only able to, you were able, you couldn't get as many reps. You got less reps because you weren't fully recovered. Well, let's say you waited for another, let's say you waited two to four minutes instead. You felt fully recovered and you came back and you were able to hit that next set for five reps again, opposed to if you only waited, waited for like 30 to 60 seconds or so and you're able to get three or four reps. What's going to accumulate to better hypertrophy and better strength at the end of the day to make your body look better over time? It's going to be you taking a little bit longer rest intervals so that you can go into each set more recovered so that you can do more in each of those sets. And when working with people, especially when working with women, this is something that I have to get across to them because they just want to go super hard. They want to get a really good sweat. And I totally understand that. It's, it's nice to go into the gym and get your adrenaline up and feel like you worked out. I totally get that. And I think that there's a lot um, to be said for that because first and foremost, we want to feel like what we're doing is productive. But at the same time, we, we have to make sure that what we are doing is actually productive and going to create the result that we want so that we stick with it over the long term. A lot of times we focus so much on how we feel and what we think is going to work um, just so that we feel good about it. But then over the long term when it's not working, then we get super frustrated with it and we end up quitting and never actually actually reaching our goals. So being a little bit more logical with it and realizing, okay, if I will take a little bit more rest, even though I don't feel like I'm working as hard, but if I'm getting more out of my workouts by resting for longer periods of time and it, it ends up creating the result that I actually want for myself, 
well, then I'm going to keep going. I'm going to stay consistent and I'm going to be happy with what I'm doing at the end of the day because I'm being successful. So you've got to find that happy medium of doing what you want to do and still doing what's going to create the result that you want from your training. So for most work, like on big heavy compounds at the first of workouts when you're usually working a little bit lower of a rep range, anywhere from like three to eight reps, I always advocate to be somewhere around two to four minutes of rest. For myself, I'm much closer to that four minutes because after each set on those big compounds, I'm taxed. I'm using a weight that's literally keeping me only a two to three reps shy of failure max. A lot of times just one rep shy of failure. So I'm taxed. I need rest before I go back into that next set or else I'm going to perform like shit. And if you're working hard enough, you're going to need that rest. If you don't feel like you need that rest in between sets, you're probably not using enough weight and pushing yourself hard enough in each of those sets. So that's just something to keep in mind. And then, so two to four minutes. Generally, should be closer to that three to four minutes, but you could get away with two minutes a lot of time as well. And then like on your accessory work, this is stuff that might be a little bit lighter. You're going to work in a little bit of a higher rep range. You're probably somewhere between eight to 12, eight to 15 reps on all of your accessory and all of your isolation work that comes after those big compounds. This is where you could probably get away with somewhere between one to two minutes rest in between each set um, just to be able to get through your workout a little bit faster and not have it um, impact your workout as much. And this is where I like to um, include Superset. So like, let's say I did a bench press to start. Well, let's say next I need to do a, a pull. It's an upper body day. I'm going to do a pull down with a shoulder press. Well, what you could do here is you could do the, the pull down for a, for a set. Then you could maybe rest for one minute and then go into the shoulder press. And then you could do the shoulder press. And after the shoulder press, you could rest for one minute and go back into the pull down. Well, what you were doing there with the pull down, in between the pull down sets, you we're able to do another exercise so you're using your time effectively, but your lats, your back was being able to rest for that one minute before you went into the shoulder press. And then as you're doing the shoulder press, your lats are still relaxing um, and resting and recovering. And then as you rest for one minute after the shoulder press and go back into it, you're still recovering your lats so that you come back in and that muscle is fully recovered going into that next set. But you're doing that with your shoulders at the same time. So you're literally just being more effective with your time to be able to get in and out of the gym a whole lot quicker, but you're still giving each muscle group enough time to recover in between the sets um, so that you can get the most out of each of those sets. So I'm a huge fan of a lot of superset type work where you're working different muscle groups, opposing muscle groups. Like if I'm working chest, maybe it would be a row. Or if I'm doing a pull or a push, excuse me, then I would do a row superset with that. If I was doing um, like a leg extension, I could superset that with a leg curl. If I was doing a bicep curl, I would superset that with a tricep extension, different things like that so that I can get more out of my time. And in those rest periods, I can actually be working a different muscle group while the other muscle group is recovering to be able to come back to it and have make sure that it's fully recovered so I can get the most out of each set. But that's a big thing. So two to four minutes on most of your big compound movements, even up to five minutes could be warranted. I know I'm probably closer to that five minutes on leg day and probably around that three, three minutes or so on upper body days with those big compound movements like, um, squats, deadlifts. They always take me a little bit time, more time to recover than like a shoulder press or a bench press or a pull up or something like that. And then all of your accessory and isolation work that comes after probably somewhere between one to two to three minutes is a good amount of rest in between. And you can use supersets to be able to get through your workouts a little bit faster to where you're using opposing muscle groups so that you can recover in between and use your time more efficiently would be my biggest 
um, suggestion for you to get through workouts. That's how a lot of my programming set up. And I run a lot of, uh, I do a lot of full body programming to where you can really get away with a lot of supersets and whatnot. Sometimes I'll do tri-sets to where you're working three muscle groups in one set. So let's say you do maybe like a pull down, then a shoulder press, and then maybe it's like a leg extension or something like that to where it's all different muscle groups. So you're kind of working through them and none of the exercises are affecting one another so that you can get the most out of each set that you're doing per muscle group, just to get in and out of the gym a little bit faster. That's going to help keep your heart rate up a little bit. But at the same time, when you go into a set, the main concern should be, okay, is my heart rate under control? Like, am I fully recovered with my heart rate? Is my muscle feel fully recovered, um, at least as recovered as it's going to get? And then you go into that set. If you're going into a set and you're not able to do as many reps as you potentially could because you're winded and not because you're actually breaking down the muscle tissue and exhausting your muscle, you're just exhausted cardiovascular-wise, well, then you're not strength training. You're doing cardio, and then you're not actually building muscle or retaining muscle and changing your body composition, right? So that's a big thing. You don't ever want to have to quit a set because your cardiovascular system is fatigued when you're strength training. You want to make sure that you have to quit a set because your muscle is fatigued. So something to keep in mind before you go into the next set, am I fully recovered and feel like I'm going to be able to get the most that I can out of this set? Um, and if you're not, then you're in a position to where you need to probably rest a little bit longer before you go into it to make sure that you are maximizing each set and getting the most out of each of your workouts. So that would be my answer for you there. Hopefully that clears things up really anywhere from one to five minutes on most exercises is generally the sweet spot. Any less than that, you're probably not recovering, getting enough recovery and any more than that, any more than that five minutes, probably just being lazy and not being as efficient because you're not going to totally recover, right? You're breaking down that muscle tissue. So you're not going to get back to 100% after each set, but you want to maximize it and get back as much as you can so that you can put as much as possible into each set in terms of the amount of reps you can get and the amount of uh, weight that you're using. So like I said, hopefully that helps. That's going to wrap up today's Q&A. I really do appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you found value from this episode, I'd be extremely grateful if you could take a screenshot, put it on your IG story and tag me in it just to bring more listeners to the show and continue it growing. As well as if you have a little bit of extra time, it really helps the show to be able to grow. If you can go down below and leave a review, if you even have a little extra time, if you can leave it a written review, that would help even more. And I would be extremely grateful for that. The only way for the podcast to be able to grow through iTunes is the more and more reviews that it gets, the more and more people that the show is pushed out to. So like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you had a great holiday. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I'll talk with you soon.